Today's global consumers clear in their demand for safe, affordable, and sustainable protein. To continue to meet these rising expectations requires both leadership and collaboration with food chain stakeholders, academia, and the veterinary community. Animal Health is pleased to amplify the voices of leaders throughout the protein supply chain here on this podcast, caring for animals and creating trust in food. Welcome back to the Caring for Animals and Creating Trust in Food podcast. I'm Jane Dukes, and I'll be your host as we take a look today at technology and how it can help provide the transparency consumers are looking for on the animal protein label. Two-thirds of consumers reported transparency in animal protein, that's meat, fish, eggs, and dairy, is extremely or very important. And nearly as many feel the same about traceability. Our DNA traceback technology uses nature's barcode, DNA, and data analytics to support supply chain integrity by verifying production claims, including origin, quality, animal welfare, and sustainability of meat and seafood products. Our research also uncovered that 55% of consumers surveyed said environmental sustainability was an important animal protein purchase consideration, and even more, 63% said the same about animal care and treatment. Our guest today and the company he works for are very invested in providing transparency on the animal protein label. Please welcome Glenn Strickholm, President, Protein Brands, Performance Food Group, one of the nation's largest broadline food distributors and a recognized innovator in the premium beef market. Their website says that Braveheart Black Angus beef brand redefines premium beef, setting a higher bar for quality, tenderness, and taste. Glenn joined PFG after 19 years at Tyson in a variety of positions, including Vice President of Fresh Meat Service and Vice President of International Sales. We're going to have a great conversation today. Glenn, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Jane. I am really excited about being here. I am very passionate about this industry. I'm excited that you agreed to come on the podcast. We've got a lot to talk about today, but before we start, Glenn, can you tell your listeners a little bit about yourself, You know your, your journey here to Performance Food Group? And what is Performance Food Group for those who may not know? What are your products? Who are your customers? And then lastly, if you could tell us, what is the most common consumer question you or your company get and how do you answer it? So first and foremost, just a little bit about me. Um, Like you said, Glenn Strickholm, and I do work at Performance Food Group in the food service division. I just joined the company in November after my tenure with Tyson. I did grow up in northern New Jersey, so my journey into this food industry is probably a little bit different than a lot of other folks that are in agriculture, especially those that come through manufacturing. A lot of those folks go to school and study animal science or grow up on farms, and and that's kind of their journey into it. I actually went to school in Kansas to play football, and then in the summers, I actually started working in the plant instead of coming back to New Jersey, and I was really, really impressed with, obviously, the work ethic the integrity that goes into what happens at these beef plants, but that doesn't start or stop there. You have to have the connection back to the feeder and to the producer and to the rancher. So that's my journey into performance food service. My title, my position overseeing our protein brands, as you alluded to, Braveheart is our flagship brand. It is our most cherished beef program. In doing that, we recognized that it was really important to have something to differentiate our program from others. And there's a lot of different reasons why we wanted to do that, right? First and foremost is when you're in broadline distribution and not in manufacturing, you have to find ways to differentiate yourself from your competitors. 
And there's usually a couple different ways you can do that. You could do that either through price, you could do that through service, or you could do that through differentiated products. And I and PFG chose the, the latter. I think it's really the best to do through differentiated products, answering the consumer's needs and being that solution provider. When you talk about performance food group, it's really made up of a couple different entities. We have food service, we have retail, we have vending and convenience. So we're a very diversified broadline distributor. We're determined for growth. I think that's something that, you know, folks at our company like, our vendor partners like, as well as our investors. So one of the bigger questions that you get are, you know, one, how did I get into this business? That's that's like one of the number one questions that everybody wants to understand. And so I kind of explained my journey. But then really the other one that people want to know where and how products are produced. I think that that's probably the, one of the number one things they ask. It's a very broad question, right? And I think that's why it's sometimes hard for an industry to answer that. As you alluded to, Jane, early on, the statistics tell us all that the consumers want to know. And if we don't provide the story or the explanation, they're going to go find it, especially with this younger generation. I've been in this business since 1986, and I've seen a lot of things happen. But I was really excited about this opportunity to talk about transparency, because that's one thing I think people really want to understand. The industry has all the best intentions and has always had all the best intentions. They've just been reluctant to tell their story because they weren't sure how that story was going to be used, right? So I think if we find an impartial way somewhat to tell that story, right? So it's not just coming from, from PFG or it's not coming just from Tyson or it's not just coming from our feeder partner and BMG. I, I think that people want to, they want to have a reliable source that they can go and get the answers to questions. Well, you're, you're exactly right. And, and I think that as time has passed, certainly our children and the next generation beyond them, we live in a world that's, you know, with it, it has immediate gratification. We live in a world of social media. So before we weren't telling our stories because we didn't have an, an avenue to tell our stories, but also we were all busy just doing our jobs. So I, I think you're right. It, it has changed. Consumers are three to four generations removed from the farm. They want to know more. They have a tendency not to trust, but um, they do trust when food brands and farmers and ranchers tell them how their food is grown and raised. So you're in an interesting position because although you work for a distributor, you kind of touch all areas of the food value chain. You know, you deal with farmer rancher partners, correct? And then also all the way to the other end of the chain with restaurants and, and grocers. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. We do touch every part of the business and then it's really unique because of the way and the partnership that we have on, on the Braveheart. Braveheart is, was really the catalyst for us to get into this type of supply chain, meaning we wanted to have a vested interest in how the animals were raised, what went into how they were being raised, really kind of wanted to tailor make our spec because the journey for this, Jane, started with really trying to find a consistent and high quality product. And so through this journey and working with the producer, We've been able to identify, obviously, Angus, right? There's a lot of statistical data out there that speaks to the benefit of Angus. But over the course of time, 
the barometer for Angus has always just been black hide, right? But I think we're in a different era today with all the crosses that are going on that, that just saying black hide is probably not enough to say with 100% conviction that those animals are all Angus. So when we went with Identigen to do DNA verification about our program, which I think really makes it stand out against some of those other just certified programs. Right. And, you know, most consumers, I would say, probably don't know the difference. I, I myself, you know, have to stop and remember, okay, choice, select, what's the difference? They don't know, but they do know what tastes great and when they have a great eating experience. And that's probably what you're providing with your Braveheart Black Angus beef. So everybody knows consumers love a tender, juicy steak and Black Angus is what they're looking for, as you said. So you were the first to use our technology, DNA Traceback, to power PFG's path proven. Tell our listeners a little bit about that and and tell us about the Braveheart Black Angus beef brand. Again, you know, we, we wanted to go down a path where we could actually be able to validate um, what we're claiming, right? And so we use third-party auditing in order to help validate that. We also work very, very closely with your company, obviously, but we also work really, really close with the Beef Marketing Group. And they have a program that's called Progressive Beef because they're also very, very determined to make sure that the animals are raised right, that all the correct processes go into how they're being raised, humanely, safe, because a happy animal is a more productive producing animal. I think people have to understand that. And, and these farmers and these ranchers, that's their first priority, right? The animals in the land. And so with Path Proven, we can go all the way back. And now it is not just our opinion. We actually have touch points where we can validate the things that go into our Braveheart program. And through working with BMG and also Tyson, Tyson is a very important piece of this because it really allows us basically to have access to a packing plant that we wouldn't otherwise have. So like I said, I've always told people with this program, it's a three-legged stool. So you have PFG, you have BMG, and you have Tyson. If one of those goes away, you don't have the same type of program. That is something that's really, really unique with the Braveheart program. I was going to say, is this a typical kind of, you've been in the protein industry for most of your career, is that a typical kind of relationship or business scenario that you would find? No. So the, the closest thing that you would find um, in the beef arena like this would probably be in people's natural programs, which we all know is a real, real small percentage of the industry, just because you have to go back through and make all these validations through the process. But when you talk about other competitive protein programs, nobody else has this. I can tell you firsthand, because I actually was working at Tyson uh, when Tyson developed this partnership with BMG and, and PFG on the Braveheart back in 2012. Some of this whole process with what we do with Progressive Beef and BMG and our Path Proven was a learning curve even for companies like Tyson. So we kind of introduced them to that. And I think today Tyson utilizes the Path Proven through BMG for their natural program at a Lexington. So again, all these interactions allow us all to interact. I think that one of the big keys to a program like that is being able to sit down collectively and collaborate. I think the more we can talk candidly and openly about what we need, what you need, what the consumer needs, we're going to be able to solve a lot of those problems instead of us all working independently trying to find those answers. 
Right. It does require collaboration in, in the supply chain. And you have to be able to talk to the farmer or rancher who are raising the protein. And, and you also have to be able to talk to the consumers. So this has been going on for a long time. Your Braveheart Black Angus brand, let's see, it started in 2011. Mm-hmm. So it actually started before Tyson at one time. Uh, Steve Sands, who is the gentleman that started this program at PFG, um, and actually whose position I will be taking over once he uh, I won't say retire because anybody who knows Steve Sands knows that he's not going to retire. Right. And so this has been around for over 10 years. Obviously, it's successful. Talk about the success of Braveheart Black Angus Beef and talk about consumers and how receptive they are. Obviously, they're paying for it. Yeah. So great question. So I think we have to go back to the beginning because it wasn't always so much fun. I, I can tell you very early on, us, Tyson and BMG, we all experienced a lot of growing pains because it was so new to try to do this. But it took a lot of conviction, a lot of conviction, you know, from PFG, from BMG and from Tyson. And all three of us have invested, right? People use the terms like uh, lean in. I look at it as we invested in the partnership. Tyson believed in us. We believed in them. We all believed in BMG. And we all understand that everybody has to make money through this process to include our customers. You ask what is one of the things that people go to about Braveheart? So aside from its quality and its consistency and its sizing, they really do like the story and the DNA testing and our connectivity with the producer. This is why you said something earlier about how we touch everything from the farm all the way to the consumer. We do. And, and there's a lot of coin terms out there, farm to fork and all those other things. But we have that accessibility, right? We have a seat at the table with the producer. We have a seat at the table with the packer. And we have a seat at the table with our consumer. So the things that we bring to BMG and we bring to Tyson, those we're bringing forward because of that's what we're hearing from our customers. And it's a very unusual situation and hopefully more protein producers will follow suit. But something you said about telling this story made me want to backtrack a little bit. So, you know, we talked about consumers and their need for transparency. We know that according to our study, 69% of consumers just want to know where their beef comes from. What is PFG doing to tell the story and deliver the transparency that consumers are looking for? How are you telling that story and, and where are you telling the story? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. And, and we have a lot of different venues and platforms. You know, we obviously do things you know, through websites and through social media. But what we do internally is we do a lot of training. PFG invests in their people. And so myself, Steve, and others that are, I'll call it the experts on Braveheart and our other branded programs, we go out and educate our people, right? Help them understand and get them the confidence to tell the story. Because if you can't tell the story with confidence, you're just not going to be as successful, right? The customer is not going to view it as believable. And so we spend a lot of time, like I said, in training. And we always lead with tell the story. Right, because it's really easy in our business to just go right to price. Right, it's very easy for a salesperson, especially when you have three thousand commission salespeople. They want to close the sale, right? And so sometimes having to tell the story and earn the trust and the confidence takes a little bit of time than just getting that a PO. So we have to teach our people and educate our people, but also have to teach them how to be patient, right? Because when people are going to make a big purchasing decision or switch a program, they're not just going to do it on a whimsical. And this is not transactional. We don't want transactional customers in this program. That doesn't give us the sustainability. That doesn't allow us to ask John to add more cattle, have Tyson run more head. 
So we have to have the right customer. And then on the education piece, we do a lot of, I'll call it a food show, but it's really tailor-made towards our customers. And so we try to educate our customers as much as our people about this program. I love that. So you said you train people to tell the story. What is the story of Braveheart Black Angus Beef? Braveheart is a very selective Black Angus program that's driven off of quality and consistency. So case in point, we just started doing more and more business internationally, right? Which this comes with a whole nother level of complexities. But in the international markets, Jane, they love the story. They love good quality beef programs, but they also love the story. We've been doing some business in the Philippines. And as everybody knows, whether in the Philippines, Asian, other Asian countries, a lot of product that's sold over there is frozen. So we got a note from one of our customers about three months ago about a bad eating experience steak. And so part of our claim, as you know, if somebody has a bad experience, we want them to send us a piece of the meat, full steak, so we can validate it, right? And part of that validation is first and foremost, we want to make sure that it came from our product, right? That's the first thing that we need to validate. But in that example that I was talking about in the Philippines, they sent something in, I think it was about two months ago on a strip steak that they had a bad eating experience. We reached out to somebody on your team and the team there. They went back and they found the animal from June 20th in 2022. So again, this gives believability to what we're doing that we can validate that that animal came from our product. It's really amazing, isn't it? And so right now you're using DNA traceback to validate the animals that are coming into your program. Would you ever consider, are you ever going to look at using DNA traceback to validate other things like sustainability or uh, I guess you sort of validate animal treatment because it's part of your path proven program? Yeah. Yep. That's a great question. I think that there's probably more that we could be utilizing the DNA data. It's very robust, right? And I think that you, you know better than I, there's a lot of good things that we can pull out of there, right? We can narrow down, you know, we can figure out which feed yards do better than others. So there's a lot of good data that we can utilize. So to answer your question, I think that we're always open to finding ways to take the data and the DNA trace back and finding a way to make it mean more to people. You're right. We have it now for validation and sustainability. But what other things can we pull out of that? What other valuable, tangible things can we pull out of that that a customer would see value in it and be willing to pay for? Right. And, you know, that's interesting that you say that the data shows that some feed yards do better than others because animal handling, we know, impacts the finished carcass. If the animals are on a truck too long, they're getting bounced around, there'll be more bruising, less tender meat. So you're actually kind of doing that right now. Mm -hmm. We're kind of tiptoeing around the perimeter. But you know, some of the things that we have learned, and this is not necessarily through the DNA, but this is through the collaboration and partnership with BMG. So BMG is a, is a, is a co-op. Let's just, that's probably the best way for me to say it. it's comprised of about 13, 16, different feed yards. And so what we've been able to find through the collaboration is, is we have found that some animals perform better 
And so, okay, what, what caused that? Was it where they're sourcing their feeder cattle from? What practices are they doing? What we found out that there was one of the feed yards that was pressing corn. And so everybody knows how prevalent corn is in the cattle's diet. The problem is corn in its old traditional form is not very easily digestible. So this process of pressing or rolling the corn, you'll hear people use this term called cornflakes. And so what we have found is these cornflakes give the cow a hot ration. It's a better ration, so they perform better, they gain better. And what we found out is it also put out less gases. And so as we start talking more and more about doing the right things for this planet and controlling things through sustainability and other ESG initiatives, we have found that this is now really good. So this is something that we at PFG, obviously the the senior executives, when they're all talking, this is something that they point out that we're doing actively today is trying to find ways to reduce gas. But this is the type of things that if we work really closely with the producers, they have so many good ideas that they can do to make better product. It just costs money. So those flakers that I'm talking about, each one of them costs between $750 and a million dollars. So that's a big investment, right? And I understand that they have a longevity and you don't have to pay for it, you know, in a year or two, but there has to be some payback in the way the product performs, how it grades, all that stuff, because as we know, this is not a real lucrative business when you start looking at it from what happens at the feed yard and even at the packing plant. We all work off a thin margin, so we have to be really efficient at what we do. But that's so fascinating that little things like that, like figuring out that if you puff the corn, it's better for the cow and it's, it's ultimately better for the environment, then that gives you tweaks that you can make in your supply chain that are better for everybody. So much goes into a steak that nobody realizes. So let's talk about sustainability for a minute. Our research showed that consumers want to know what farmers and ranchers are doing to raise animal protein sustainably. Um, You talked a little bit about your Path Proven program, but is this a priority for Performance Food Group? And if so, you know, how are you working to show consumers how ranchers raise beef sustainably or other proteins that you market? Yeah, so that's a great question. So sustainability is very, very big for us. I mean, that's kind of the cornerstone behind the, uh, the Path Proven. And Path Proven doesn't start with Braveheart. We have Path Proven in pork. We most recently did some in salmon. We also have it in uh, lamb and veal. And so when you work closely with the producer, these are how we can work on stages of sustainability. Because unfortunately, and I'm not, this is not a buck passing thing, we're not raising the animals, right? So unless we work with somebody that shares our same philosophies and thoughts, that's the only way we can influence. And so with our path proven and asking them to raise animals a certain way, treat them a certain way, you know, ties into water, ties into all the things in which they do to most efficiently raise those animals, that's what lends itself to sustainability. And we'll continue to define what sustainability means, right? I think as an industry, I think it's used for a lot of different things, right? To me, sustainability is just a continuing growing this program. You asked earlier how this program does. This program, since its inception, has grown double digits every single year. We'll grow this year again by another 20%. And you say to yourself, this is one of your fastest growing categories, yet it's one of your most expensive. And there's a reason for that. There's a correlation there, right? It's differentiated. It's high quality. It's consistent. And people will pay for that. I think that these are the types of things that the industry has to learn, right? Right. Bigger, better, faster is not always the answer. 
consumer doesn't always want that. I get it. Meat is a protein and protein is essential for our diet. But when you're paying high dollars for a steak, it better be good, right? And so the more that we can reduce the likelihood of having a bad experience, it actually helps the other. So I think that in our industry, we continue to find ways to eliminate the likelihood of something bad, which now will be good. Right. So that just bridges really nicely into my next question. And that is the question of cost. So transparency isn't free, although transparency may eventually become table stakes. But our research showed that 84% of consumers reported they are very or somewhat willing to pay a 5% premium for transparency on the label. And millennials and Gen Xers, the younger generations are the most willing to pay. But when I talk about our research, I often encounter critics who say, oh, yeah, consumers will say one thing on a survey, but then when they go to the grocery store, they do another. But I think that your product is proving that's not true because they are buying your brand and they are paying a little more. Talk about that and how successful it's been. Yeah. So like I said earlier, you know, this is something that's growing at 20 something percent. And how we're doing that is not just by adding, you know, more and more divisions. So we're really diversifying our customer base. So, you know, we're a traditional food service distributor. But like I talked earlier, we have those other little areas we play. And we've gotten really good at putting Braveheart and and our other flagship brands into retail. Um, And I think that's really, really important for driving this program and and continuing to add into places that allow us to further differentiate it. Because in food service, everybody wants the same thing. Everybody just wants the tenderloin, the strip and the rib. And we don't do a lot with the outside cuts, right? But anybody who's in this business understands you have to balance that carcass. Carcass utilization is really important to us. It's important to Tyson. It's important to BMG, right? We have to use as much of that animal that's being raised that certain way to help with that sustainability. Because if we don't get the money out of it, we're not going to continue to add to it. But what we've found with Braveheart, Jane, is... Too many times people get so hung up on a per pound cost, retailers and food service operators. But part of our training and education is to teach people how to look at it on a proportion. And so when you can show somebody that they might pay a dollar a pound more for your product, but by the time you yield it out into a portion cost and what you can charge versus your competitor, it takes care of itself. It really... Once you can get them past that per pound and start walking them through, because you can do the same thing even at retail, right? Retailers have gotten really creative of how they sell their product too today. 10 for 10, you know, 10 for 20. If people were ever to go back and calculate what they're paying per pound, they would probably fall on the ground. But some of it's marketing, right? How creative you can be. It's a fascinating model. I talked about this with Steve when I was with him. I was just um, amazed. I learned a lot. Let's talk about animal welfare for a minute. 63% of consumers we surveyed said that, you know, how the animal was raised or treated really impacted their purchase decisions. You address animal welfare in your supply chain. Talk a little bit more about that. One of it is distance that the animals can travel. What what other kinds of things do you have for your supply chain? Yeah, so... In our program, as well as progressive beef, there's all type of animal criteria. You know, I talked about the distance, talk about the feeding practices. We talk about the handling. That's all really, really important. And I want to make it really clear to the, to the listeners out there that in this industry, in agriculture, these ranchers and farmers, they do that today. They have been doing it. 
we have to help. When I say we, myself, Tyson, others, we have to help them tell this story. That's where I think it's been missing. I think a lot of them have already been doing it, but they just haven't felt they've had a good platform to tell that. So we will continue to tell that story. It's very, very important for our program when we talk about our relationship with the producer and having influence on how those animals are raised. That's very, very important to the consumer because the consumer then knows we've made these decisions and we've asked for these things because of what they have told us, right? We listen to our customers. They talk about consistency. They talk about quality. They talk about steak thickness. So everything we've done with this program, working with BMG and working with Tyson have been done in an effort to produce a better product, listening to and hearing what the consumer wants. And that's great. And maybe we should keep it quiet because you'll have more competition. You know, we joke about it too internally. Our competition will want to find a way to catch up to us, right? Or to shoot holes in our program, but they're not going to be able to shoot holes in our program. So they're going to have to try to find a way to emulate it in some form or fashion. We have such an advantage, right? We have a 12-year learning curve advantage. So I welcome it. I, I love competition and it's good for the industry. I don't look at it as bad. It is nice to have something differentiated than our competitors, but if everybody gets better, we all win. Right. And so you'd set me up really nicely for the next question. You know, you've done so well. It's been 12 years. What's next? So what's next is is finding ways to scale it even more, right? So from when it first started, 500 head to, you know, 3,000 head today, how do we take it to 6,000? How do we take it to 12,000, Right. But that just can't happen overnight. And we do have to make sure that the financial piece of that works because this is not inexpensive for BMG to do. This is not inexpensive for Tyson to do. And it's certainly not inexpensive for us. We do this because it's the right thing to do, Jane. It is the right thing to do. It's a privilege. It's an honor to serve people food. I'll tell you, when I first got into this business, that was one of the more rewarding things about it was serving people food. People have to eat food. To survive. So from a standpoint of PFG, it's extremely rewarding seeing our people be successful, seeing the communities in which our people are in be successful, see our customers be successful. That's why we do it on top of it being the right thing. And we're producing a better product. Why do I do this? I do this because I love this industry. I think that this industry has so much room to grow If we find ways to tell our story to the people that want to hear it and we tell it authentically and truthfully, we will continue to grow the beef business and other protein businesses that are differentiated and people will pay for that differentiation. When I use the word differentiation, it's usually going to cost more, but it's going to cost more because it's better. And then we could go through what makes it better. And it's a lot of those things that I talked about. All right. So let's look into a crystal ball. Let's look down the road into the future. What does the future hold? What's next at Performance Food Group? Where do you think transparency is headed? So I think for us, you know, we're, we're a growth company. I think that's first and foremost. I think, if, you know, you listen to our earning reports. Um, that's the story that we've told. Uh, we've made a lot of acquisitions over the last couple of years to further differentiate our channels that we play in. So really, the the key for PFG is to to find synergies across food service, retail, convenience, and vending, and how we can take our knowledge in one of those areas and now transfer it into the others to make us better and to make our other divisions better, and then ultimately service the customer better. 
So if you ask me what's next for PFG, discontinued growth, continue to do things differently than our competitors and probably better than our competitors. I love that. Glenn, this has been such a great conversation. You shared so much information that consumers probably don't even know about the journey of the steak to their plate. So I appreciate that. Thank you for joining us to talk about technology and transparency that it can deliver to consumers. Thanks also to our listeners. We'd love for you to rate, review, or subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And remember, we're answering your questions about food and agriculture on our podcast with the help of our expert guests like Glenn here today. So be sure to click the SpeakPipe link in the podcast show notes and let us know what they are. You'll also find helpful links to podcast resources there too. We'll see you next month.